Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes. is full of unfailing love and faithfulness. He is calling every believer to draw near to Him, seek His face, and find the answer you are looking for. Discover more of His love today on the Believer's Voice of Victory. Now here's Gloria. Hello everybody, I'm Gloria Copeland and welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Kelly's with us again today and she is going to be expounding some very good words, so don't miss any of it. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you, Mom. Thank you for letting me be with you last week. We enjoy having you. If you didn't catch last week with us, you missed some good good nuggets and um, uh, some good things God is showing us about who we are and what's on the inside of us. This week we're talking about the glory. Oh, I like that. That glory. We are heirs. You know, you hear the phrase, heirs of the glory. And it sounds... It sounds too big to be true. Heirs of the glory, what does that mean? Well, he put the glory in us. He put his spirit in us and he wants it to come out. That was his idea, not yeah, ours. Right. It's not, wasn't our idea to be lifted up idea. to the place with his God. Idea. It wasn't our idea to make us filled with his spirit. That was his idea because he loves us so much. Thank you. So we left off yesterday talking about when we turn to Jesus, Mother, you brought out from Second Corinthians 3, um, you talked about looking in the mirror, about the reflection of the mirror. When we turn to Him and we see Him, we begin to reflect Him. And it's not... Praise God. And that's the will of God. It is us. the will of God. It was His idea, again. And it's not so much that we work so hard to look like Jesus. We just have to look at him and let him work on us. We get born again. And do what he tells us to do. You know, Hebrews 12 is really clear about that. If you want to run the race with endurance, it says keep your eyes on him. Yeah, absolutely. He endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Well, today he's asking us, disregard. Don't allow shame in your life because he paid the price for it. He didn't even allow it to become part of his thinking that the shame of the cross for him was being separated from the Father. He did that for us. Well, that is, that is the very essence of what shame is and what it does is it separates you from the presence of the Father. Well, Jesus did that for us. So we don't ever, 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 it is not his will that we are ever out of his presence. That's why he put his spirit on the inside of us. And he told us to look at that. Keep your eye on that. Jesus is the instigator and the developer of our faith. And the, the Lord sends correction and help to us. Mom, real quick. Um, well, I have some places that we're going today, but I want to, I just believe the Lord wants me to read from the message for Hebrews 12. Um, so that we don't misunderstand when he brings correction to us that he's being our father. He's not abandoned us. You know, a father that won't 
correct his children, that's abandonment. A father that won't correct his children end up with little jerks. <laughs> now that <laughs> is the wisdom of God. That's a good mother. That's true. And you know what? He ends up with kids that are messed up. Yeah. And um, that's not what the father has for us or wants for us. I love the way the message puts it in um, Hebrews 12. He says, he starts talking about correction. He says, have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? Don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves, he disciplines. That's right. It's the child he embraces that he also corrects. Corrections comes in his presence. His presence comes from allowing him to correct you. Because if you run from his presence when he's making things right in your life, you're the one turning your back on his presence. It's not him. He's not turning his back on you. God is educating. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. The trouble you're in isn't punishment, it's training. The normal experience of children. I know if you've watched me on the broadcast much at all this last year, you've heard me read this. But it's just good to remind ourselves. Only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. That's right. Um, would you prefer an irresponsible God? It, I'm going to uh, skip down here. It says, um, at the time, discipline is much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely. That's the fruit of in, being in his presence. For it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in the relationship with God. So it says, don't sit around on your hands, no more dragging your feet. It says in, um, let me skip down here to verse 18. Unlike your ancestors, you didn't come to Mount Sinai. Now we've talked about the children of Israel and their attitude that they came to his presence with was one of fear. And they ran from his voice. He's just trying to have a come, you know, we call it, parents call it a come to Jesus meeting. He's just trying to say, hey, okay, chickies, gather in. You've had, you've been in a mess in Egypt. Now Listen let me give me. you the new rules of the house. This is how it goes. You don't ever have to look at anybody else but me. I'm your God. Amen. And this is the heart with which he's addressing them, his children. But boy, they just, they didn't have any of it. They said, Moses, you talk to him. We don't want to talk we don't to want him. Think about not wanting to talk How to horrible him. to do your father that way. Unlike your ancestors, you didn't come to Mount Sinai, all that volcanic blaze and earth-shaking rumble to hear God speak. The ear-splitting words and soul-shaking message terrified them and they begged him to stop. When they heard the words that God spoke to him, they were afraid to move. Even Moses was terrified. But that's not your experience at all. You have come to Mount Zion, the city where the living God resides. Where is that? Right here. He is right here. It says, um, uh, verse 25 says, don't turn a deaf, deaf ear to these gracious words. If those who ignored earthly warnings didn't get away with it, what will happen to us if we turn our backs on heavenly warnings? His voice that time shook the earth to its foundation. This time he's told us quite plainly, he will also rock the heavens. Don't be afraid of that because this is what's going on. One last shaking, top to bottom, stem to stern, the phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning. Maybe you have yeah. felt like, God, it seems like everything in my life was going pretty smoothly and suddenly it just feels like everything's upside down or 
stuff about this person or that person or my business or my ministry or, or this. It just feels like everything's just being exposed that I didn't even know was there and just That's feel good. like everything's getting naked in front of God. It's easy to go, I don't like this, make it stop because it's uncomfortable. We talked about that last week. But you know what? He is shaking us. If it feels that way, it's because he's shaking things upside down a little bit. What's he doing? Thorough housekeeping. Don't resist it. Run to it. Run to his word and realize that any exposure. It's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to be corrected. Yes. He's trying to get you. You're over here, say, in the past over here. He's trying to get you to come this way and go. That way. Where the blessing is. Yes, that's See, good. That's what the Lord told the children of Israel. Do these things and you'll be blessed. And that's where he wants but us. And in these days, he's shaking us all, I believe, right now in the church, cleaning house, getting rid of all. He didn't want to get rid of us. He no. wants to get rid of all the junk. Yeah. So Spots that the unshakable essentials, think about that. What God says is important. We focus a lot on other stuff. But he's shaking all of it down to where only the essentials are clear. Wouldn't you love it if God, Jesus just sat in your kitchen and said, Kelly, these are the essentials. Don't worry about all this other stuff. This is what's important. I'll focus here. You're going to come out all right. And it became so clear Amen. what Jesus was telling you. This is what he's doing. It's just as clear when Praise you God. latch into what he's saying to you as if Jesus sitting at your table because he does, he wants to sit at your table with you. We're gonna, I believe we'll get a chance to read that in the word. But it says they stand clear and uncluttered. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. God does not want you, have Satan, to have access to your life, your family, no. your world, your business, your ministry, to those around you. He wants you to exist and stand in an unshakable, his unshakable kingdom. Do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming, overflowing with worship. Praise God. You know, just if, if, if you can't, the Lord said to me this last year, if, if you can't be overwhelmed in worship, if you can't be overwhelmed in in service or even in your bedroom at night or in your house or in your car. If God can't overwhelm you at the drop of a hat, you're too big. I don't want to be too big. I don't want to be too big and so in control that God can't overwhelm me with worship. It says God is not an indifferent bystander. Don't you like that? Mm -hmm. He is not an indifferent bystander. He is actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to be burned, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. So when we begin to do these things that we've talked about the last week, week before, we're turning our gaze on Jesus and Hebrews 12 says, look to him, consider him, focus on him so you can run your race with endurance. We taught that mom uh, on the broadcast from September. We were talking about running your race with endurance and having faith Don't to quit. make it through to where you do what we read yesterday in 2 Corinthians 3. You begin to look in that mirror. And I started saying this today. It's not so much that you have to work so hard to change. The Lord who is the Spirit 
What did he say? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When we look at him, like looking in a mirror and we see him reflected back, he makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So he is, he is after you. He is after your family. And as we all come into this place, it, I believe we're going to get a lot easier to deal with each other. <laughs> as I'm we sure. all turn into him, sure. there's going to be less conflict. There really will be. And in your family, in your church, in your ministry, get your eyes off of yourself. Get your eyes off of your circumstances and look to him because he's faithful. Uncover you, allow him to uncover stuff on the inside of you. You can trust him. You know, it all comes down when you start following these things and you start looking at him and putting yourself in his presence. Mom, he becomes your hope. He becomes the one that you look at and you may, there may be all this stuff going on in your life, but you suddenly get able to see him, to see his image of you, to see his image of your family. And even though you don't know how he's going to get you from here all the way to where you look and your circumstances look like him, you know and you're confident in him. And he'll tell you step by step, but you already have faith and hope in him. You've got this, Lord. Walk me through it. You almost don't even need to know what's next. Because you so know he's got you. He has got you. That's the unshakable kingdom. So today I want to just... This says in 13, we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Hallelujah. Amen. That's uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. And in believing, Mom, we're putting our eyes on him. Yeah. We're putting our eyes on his word, choosing to believe it. Putting our eyes on him, choosing to believe it. I want to read a few scriptures to you to tell you how much you can trust him and how faithful he is. In Psalm 86, remember, this is the Old Testament now, and these are promises to them. These are promises that they didn't quite see yet, but they're promises. So in Psalm 86, verse 5, it says, O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Yes. Listen closely to my prayer, O Lord, and hear my urgent cry. I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble and you will answer me. You know, you can trust him if you're in trouble today. If you've got circumstances in your body, in your family, in your own life, in your own heart, you may even, all of your outer circumstances may look great and like, man, she's got it going on. So much so that it causes you to be afraid or ashamed to expose or look at something on the inside of you. Maybe you aren't, like, you see all this great stuff, but it doesn't feel that way on the inside. Or it feels like something's wrong. Don't be afraid to show that to the Lord. Don't be afraid to let Him direct you and take that, take that care and put it on His shoulders. That's what He he came to do. It says, um, you're ready to forgive. Listen to this phrase. So full of unfailing love. Remember that phrase. Now let's look at Psalm 92. What, what was that last scripture? That was Psalm 86, 5. Wasn't that good? Oh, so He's full. so ready yeah, to forgive, but what do you have to do? Ask for help. You have to come to him for help. 
It doesn't, it's just not automatic. You have to ask. You have to receive, I should say. Psalm 92 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good. I started doing this last year, and I've got, I talked about it on the broadcast last year, but from Psalm 92, and I got notes and letters and messages from people saying, I've started doing that every day. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning mm. and your faithfulness in the evening. Praise so what God. I say to the Lord in the mornings, like, you know, getting ready, going to school, taking Emily to school, I say, Lord, all I have in front of me today is your unfailing love. I proclaim it today. You love me. Your love doesn't fail me no matter oh, what is ahead of me. Your unfailing love is ahead of me. And I thank you for, and then I pray and plead the blood of Jesus and all that over Emily. But that's a wonderful thing to proclaim that you know his unfailing love is ahead of you. Then listen to this, your faithfulness in the evening. So when I talk to the Lord in the evening, you can say, wow, Lord. And I talk to my children. He was so faithful. God was so faithful. You're proclaiming how faithful he was to you during all day long. He was faithful to you. Mm -hmm. And he is, has unfailing love for us and he is faithful. Look at, now listen to this mom, just so we can put a name on it. John 1 and verse 14. John 1, 14. It says, uh, is that first John one? John one. Oh, I'm looking at chapter 14. That doesn't work. Okay, John one, 14. So the word became human or became flesh and made his home among us. Yes. Doesn't that express what we've been talking about for two weeks? He was, let's look at this phrase. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. When he made his home among us, he brings with him unfailing love, faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Praise that God. is the treasure in us. Mm. He, Jesus, expressed by his Spirit, is on the inside of us. And what is Jesus telling us? He's telling us, you have a father. You're not abandoned. You know, you don't need all of this other stuff to affirm you. You don't need people to be your affirmation. You don't need husband, wife, parents. I mean, it's wonderful when we affirm yeah. each other and we are there for each other, but sometimes that's not the case. But you know who you have affirming Jesus that you have a there. father? The spirit on the inside affirms, Romans 8 says, that we have a father, Abba Father. He's the spirit on the inside and that's his message to you. You know, mom, when I think about Mary and Martha, I just have a few minutes here, but I want to bring up Mary and Martha because, you know, Martha, here Martha is, she has got a lot to do and we've all been there. They're the perfect example, I think, of looking at what you're going to gaze upon, what you're going to look at. Are you going to look at all the circumstances, all the stuff? Are you going to look at your own inabilities or are you going to look to him? And she's like, Jesus, 
It's funny too, because we can go to Jesus. When we start looking at our own lack, we start, if you're not looking at Jesus as being the answer and you're so consumed with your own lack of, for whatever the situation is, you start going to Jesus about everybody else. Jesus, would you talk to her? Would you talk to my kids? Jesus, would you talk to my husband? Would you talk to my wife? Would you talk to my mom, my dad? They're not helping. They're not doing this. You start putting your hope on others, yep. even though you're going to Jesus, which I guess is better than not going in at all because at least you get an answer That's from right. him. But when you go to him and you find yourself complaining about everybody else, what's he going to talk to you about? He's going to talk to you about you. <laughs> and so she's like, she's not helping. I've got all these people to feed. She's not helping me at all. Can you tell her to help me? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Now, I know he said it with love. And he didn't say it like you're in trouble. Because if he did, he would have said, Martha Joanne or whatever her middle name is. Because when you're in trouble, it's your first name and your middle name, right? Kelly, my middle name is Kelly D. D. Kelly D. That means you're in trouble. But when it's Kelly, Kelly, Martha, Martha. Yeah, that's right. He said, Mary, uh, Mary has chosen... That one thing. That good part. That good part. The thing that she really needed. Where did she have her eyes? She was fixed on Jesus as the answer. Now we know Jesus could have, you know, multiplied the food and he had lots of different ways to bring what they needed. But what they really needed, what Martha really needed was Jesus. And I've thought many times this, as God has done so much to change me, I mean, changed my heart, changed my soul. Maybe you've heard me talk about how he changed me where worship is concerned. He just poured it out. I mean, I just had this. As I was looking to him, Mom, he began changing me like we read in 2 Corinthians. I didn't have to work at becoming a worshiper. I just was looking at him and became a worshiper. Yeah, amen. And so with Mary, she was sitting at his feet, to me, that represents worship. She was sitting at his feet, but she was looking at his face. Mm, that's and that's beautiful. where the glory is. And when you begin to look at his face, and to me, that also represents what he's saying, his face. She was listening to his words and sitting at his feet. And by looking at his face, she is not looking at gazing to the right, gazing to the left. She's looking in the mirror like Second Corinthians Three says, when you, the veil is removed. Martha was veiled. She had stuff blocking her from seeing Jesus. But as she was, as Mary was looking at Jesus, there was nothing between her and Jesus. She's looking right at his face. And she was changing. Amen. That's what he has for us when we look at him. Praise it's not God. hard. Thank you, Lord. Kelly and I'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.